Hey, you're listening to Mark versus the World. I hope you enjoy. The Portuguese word of the day is Diretto, which means right. And that's the theme of this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to Mark versus the World. I am your host, Mark, and this week we're going to talk about the right side of politics. And I don't mean right as in right or wrong. I mean, politics is a bird, as you could say, and there's a right wing and there's a left wing and then there's a central body part. So yeah, me and my good friend Chidozi, welcome back to the show to Josie. We're going to talk about the right side of politics, but this is a two-part um, episode. So this episode will be about the right side and the next episode will be about the left side of politics. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey Chidozi, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, doing very well. Been busy, but um, all good. All good. Thank you. And you're still keeping yourself busy during lockdown and stuff like that? I mean, we say lockdown because yeah. it's not really a lockdown anymore. Everything's kind of open, but... Yeah, you're right. Um, things are starting to open up gradually. But um, yeah, still keeping busy. Um, obviously, still working nine to five and then um, outside of work, working on a different projects and keeping as productive as possible, really. So yeah, going and that's, that's, that's great, man, because it's good to keep yourself busy, you know. Uh, keeping, what do they say, idle hands leads to something or other. So it's good that you're keeping yourself self busy. This week, um, the reason why I brought you on the show this week is because obviously you have you have your own thoughts and ideologies on politics and it's something that interests you and something that you have opinion on. And and this is like the first part of a two-part, um, two-part, well, sorry, like a, a double bill episode. So I want to talk about the right side of politics and I've got a couple of questions. Just have a little discussion about it, if that's mm. all right with you. Okay. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. First thing I want to ask Chidozi is, why do you think the right side of politics, you know, the right wing politics or right wing parties are dominating, you know, the the Western political landscape? You know, in this country, we've got the Tories. In America, you've got Republicans. And then different countries in like Eastern and and Central Europe are having more like right winged leaders and parties either winning seats or gaining majority. So, winning majorities and getting elected or gaining seats and a presence in their political structure. Why do you, why do you think this is? Um, I think, <clears throat> I think the simple, the, the best way I can probably put that or answer that is that people in general, I think are a little bit annoyed with the left slash far left policies and um, agendas you know that's, if you were to ask um, you know someone that maybe was more left leaning and has switched over to say the conservative party or has switched over to the right or in America maybe the conservative party they'd probably tell you that there are many things that they're not happy with um, it's not to say that the left per se is bad it's just that um, a lot of policies of maybe maybe the left has been hijacked in some ways by um, by other agendas that are um, that sort of go against what, you know what, what they feel. So, for example, in the states, we've seen Donald Trump, the rise of Donald Trump. Over here, we've seen um, 
Boris Johnson and, and the Conservatives, you know, getting more of a more of a foothold. So I think people in general are just looking for an alternative from the left. That could be for many reasons, but I think the main one is that um, they've just gotten disillusioned for for many reasons, and they're just looking for the the next the next best um, alternative. And perhaps in many ways, they feel that the sort of the more right side of things um, politically aligns more with their core values potentially. Um, okay. And maybe they feel, maybe they for the left has gone a, maybe gone away from what they 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 feel you know, you know core wise. So this sort of leads into well, the answer sort of leads into what another question, not the question I was going to ask next, but the question that I should ask next is: So, do you think that's why groups of people who are adversely affected by the parties they vote for vote for them in elections anyway? So, what I mean is, for example, uh, in this country, a lot of benefits got changed into like this whole universal credit scheme, which, because of due to the nature of how complicated it was the actual like form forms that people were getting less money than they were entitled to get simply because they didn't really understand what they were ticking and, and signing for. So these people have now gone from getting, I don't know, they were getting like um, housing benefit, uh, work credits, disability benefits and various other things. And now are getting cutbacks, but they're still voting for conservatives. And it's like, but they are the party that's making your lifestyle harder. They introduce things that are making your life harder. Or for example, the they all there's also other like you know rules and there's other things that are coming to life. So for example, like less public spending on things like the NHS, this, that, and the other. And yet you get people that vote for the Conservative Party opposed to like a, a more left wing, more left leaning political party, despite the Conservatives or or despite sometimes right winged ideology affecting them adversely. Why do you think people do that? Um, it could be a number of reasons. I think a lot of it comes down to the way that the um, the political system is sort of organised or, 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 or set out in this country and in, in in quite a few Western countries. So you you only have, say for example, in the UK, you only really have two main parties, and then a small the three main parties, two of which are massive, and the third, the Liberal Democrats, is quite a small. It's quite a small uh, well, party. I, I, would, I, would, I would even argue that Liberal Democrats are no longer the third party in the UK because really I think SNP have more seats than mm. Liberal Democrats at this moment in time, which is, um, for you that don't know, that's the Scottish National Party, which is, I think, the main party in Scotland in terms of the the Scottish equivalent of the of the of Westminster. I can't remember mm. what it's called. It's not the Scottish, no, it's Welsh Assembly. I think you've got the Scottish, whatever it's called. I think they have the majority of seats there. It doesn't mean that they can necessarily fully change laws but they can change certain rules which govern specifically about scotland so for example i think when it comes to the fact that people who are scottish get free university in scotland is based on that that level of parliament i can never remember the name and i should have done my research because you know this is a podcast after all but for example they are um yeah i would say they're probably the third the third biggest and if they're not necessarily the third biggest they're definitely the third most powerful party in the uk because again they kind of run a lot of the Scottish, you know, they, they kind of, yeah, they're in, like, they've got the most seats in Scotland. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you, you're quite right. Uh, SNP have um, definitely, you know, gained more of a foothold um, politically as well. And, you know, Liberal Democrats, I think, from, from the last time I checked, suffered, you know, quite some heavy defeats. I have suffered some heavy defeats recently. 
Um, I need to double check on that, but that's I think I'm correct in that, but I'll have to clarify that. But I, I think a lot of, going back to your question, in terms of uh, why people vote the way they do, thinking they'll get something better, but actually maybe in many cases get, you know, get the wrong end of the stick or the raw end of the stick is that of the way that the, the system is organized. So you, you, you have um, you have the two big parties, Labour and Conservative. Then you have Liberal Democrats, SNP, and some other smaller ones, Green Party, for example. But because the two, those two main parties dominate, a lot of the time, you know, somebody who, for example, um, is more right-leaning, um, but might be affected by, for example, something like universal credits, for example, they may or may not be aware of the policies around universal credits. Let's say, for example, they are aware of it and they're in a situation where they have to um, you know, apply to get universal credits. Um, it may well be that because the majority of their values align with the Conservative Party, um, they'll vote that way, um, knowing that they're going to get affected by the universal credits thing, maybe less, you know, reduced payments or whatever the case might be. But they may already so, know that. Right, but... So you're saying sort of like the universal credits in this instance, even though for them it might be their livelihood due to, you know, living in a part of the country that has bad economic growth or whatever, mm. that that is the less of the two evils. Like they'd rather that yeah. and maintain yeah. and, and, and have their sort of political ideologies um, maintained through government yeah. Then to let something that's maybe goes against some things that they they in. Maybe I don't know. They are someone that's anti-immigration, or mm. someone that you know wants to get Brexit done. We've, we've technically done that, but you know, I don't understand that. But then, yes. if yeah. the, if they for those people that aren't like that and are maybe wanting, it, what about people that, for example, because I, I hear what you're saying, but I've I've met people that are in those sort of situations moan about the situation they're in and still vote for the kind of instigates their their problem. So it's not necessarily yeah. just that, but it's like in terms of they moan about hospital waiting times or, you know, waiting lists and this, that and the other. Then they will moan about things like their benefits or the disability benefits getting cut, this, that and the other. Um, you know, they, they moan about, for example, certain things like, well, there is no youth centres anymore anyway, but they would moan about things like, you know, youth centres or, or, or things that were government funded now being cut back or social cares or social services, all these other things that they, they say they care about and that they're getting cut and then they will still vote right instead of right and left. What is, what, what do you think of these sort of people? What's their kind of mentality? Because it's not necessarily they know better because obviously we've had, we've had conservative government for what, 10, 11 years now. Mm. So, and if things are getting, in certain instances, I'm not saying like the economy, economy might be getting stronger, I'm not too sure I'm not an economist, but those situations that might directly affect that person, and they're getting worse and worse every year, because as we all know, like in this country, I don't know about right-winged, um, not right-winged, right-sided politics in other countries, but in this country, generally, when a, when a party that's on the right comes into power, public spending gets cut down, that's just a thing they like to do. Mm. Or it's because they believe in saving money to run a stronger economy or whatever. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert. But why, what about those people that still vote for the right, even though, and, I, and I'm not saying I know loads of people, but I do know people that have done that. I can even mm. say for a fact that I know someone in like a family member of mine who voted on the right side of things, but 
they they are like one of the most worstly affected people by you know austerity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if you could maybe put um, those people into two camps, two main camps. So on one, on one hand, you have someone that is um, is maybe not too politically savvy in the sense that a political party may have some headlines as far as what they want to achieve, and that might resonate with that person. But the small print is not. As 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 it's not as um, brightly coloured as you could. It's not as prominent as the headlines. If you see what I mean. So they'll say they want to cut immigration. They want to do this and do that. They want to be able to be tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime. Those will be the headlines. So you have maybe three or four, maybe five main or key elements they want to push, key policies. But then the, the small print will say less spending, less public spending, for example, or you know, more privatization of the NHS, for example. I'm just using hypotheticals. I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. I'm just using hypotheticals. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. But because these parties know that, because these parties are aware that those um, less than popular um, poli- uh, policies won't resonate too well, they'll keep those quiet, but shout about the ones that are, you know, more more populist, more more attractive. So someone I hear who, that. Yeah, so I'm not saying that. Obviously, this is how politics tends to work. So I'm not blaming. I'm not trying to defend politicians and political parties when they do that. No, but I mean, but it's it's, it's part and parcel. And that's how politics is. You you kind of have I don't know fifty agendas. You tell yeah. like the five to ten most favorable agendas that you want to get out there, and then yeah. you hope based on that once you get in power, you can kind of let the other forty agendas go through slightly. And obviously, yeah. well. In this country, it's different maybe in the States, but in this country, um, the party that's in power has the most seats in power. Mm. And it's not like you have one figurehead person that you vote for when you vote for election. You vote for the party and then whoever's that leader of that party, but when they don't lose their seat, become the prime minister, isn't it? So that being said, with those other 40 votes, or those other, not 40 votes, sorry, there's over 40 agendas, they get voted on by 600 and something people. But if you have 350 seats out of 600 and, I think it's 646, 649, someone can please correct me, I don't want to be wrong, but anyway, if you have like, say, 400 seats out of 600 and something, and you mm. make every guy, that every guy, woman, child, not child, every man or woman that's a part of your party vote the same way as you, because you're the leader and you just want something to get passed, which I know doesn't exactly happen because within a party, as, as I said, the right wing is not just, you know, it's not just like everyone's extremely racist or everyone is extremely one way or the other. Everything's a spectrum in either side, isn't it? So you're going to get people that are like slightly right in terms of like, they have more, well, I would say more of a conservative approach. And I don't mean to say the party, but in terms of they like to preserve how things are and don't want to do you no know, drastic changes to affect anything. And then you get some people that want to change things drastically one way or drastically the other. That's just how politics is. But what I'm saying is, again, going back to, like I said, the say 50 agendas that they want to get across, those 40 agendas, which weren't necessarily promoted the mostly to the general public who do the voting, they will get voted between 600 and something people. And depending on how the vote goes and then whether it gets passed through House of Lords and then the Queen has to sign it at the end of it, those can get made into laws. So effectively, a party could promote 10 things that are the most favourable get elected and then bring into like into power like I don't know 25 40 other laws uh, laws or rules or whatever that no one really wants 
but no one really got their say because once you elect that person, you've given that person the, the right to vote on, on you know, on uh, laws and changes to the constituency. Uh, yeah, changes to the laws and stuff of this nation. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's that kind of thing as well. But I'm not saying that's particularly a right or left side. That's just generally politics. I understand that that's, that's politics. That's just how it is. That's always mm. how, it, how it should be. So I, I, I kind of, yeah, you made, you made a very good point. So would you say then also that, you know, this is a quote I got from someone else, but I can't remember who I quoted. So again, apologies, I should be really better organised. Political ideologies, I'd say ideologies, are more of a spectrum than just being black and white. They are many shades of grey. Do you agree, Chidozi? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So... Because I can kind of get that, like someone who might have voted Labour traditionally, Mm. For like I don't know because of the unions which don't really exist anymore. Well, they do exist, but they don't really have any power anymore or anything like that. Mm. Who who believed I don't know like six out of ten or six of the six out of ten things that Labour say. Now they're a bit older. They 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 I don't know. They've become like I don't know. Gone from middle working class to middle class because you know they own property. Maybe own a secondary property that they rent. Their kids probably go to university now because in their day that wasn't an option. But now you know everyone can go to university. I can kind of get them switching their kind of allegiances because again they might have agreed that six out of every ten thing that Labour done, but those four things they disagree. They really disagree with and those four things which they feel maybe are harmful to the society that they want to live in. But those four things are the complete opposite of what, let's say, the conservatives want to do. May want to change over to conservatives, so they still have like a still a slight left leaning in terms of some of their ideology, but not everything, you know. And it's whatever they think is fundamental at that moment and that time. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that that is um, that 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 is a that is a, a common uh, that does happen a lot for a lot of people, a lot of voters. Um, but yeah, definitely politically. Politics is definitely spectrum. So you got everything from far left to far right, and everything in between, um, including yeah. you know centrists, uh, centre left, centre right. Then you move more into your your left, and then your right, and then you move on to the more extremes, the more extreme ends. But yeah, it's definitely a wide spectrum for sure, for sure. Um, and I think, um, like you said, there will be people that you know will have uh, politically will have uh, more le- will have left leaning and right leaning tendencies at the same maybe at the same time or depending on how depending on the on on the way things are or the status quo at that time they will vote a certain way um but yeah. then you have then you have other people that are staunchly left staunchly. one way or the other yeah yeah for me, for me i think it's good to i think it's good to stay as um cent- central as possible yeah, because 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 you can at least you can see the pros and cons of both sides, um, and you're more able to then make an informed decision as far as how you proceed. More if you're if you're staunchly right or staunchly left, then you've really you've really you've basically in many ways um, covered one eye in many in many ways, and you're really, you're looking through um, one particular. Uh, prism, and you're not you're not necessarily looking at the, the, the wider picture. So, I think is I think it's it's good to stay as um, central as possible. But um, but I actually think more and more people are um, trying to be as trying to look at the, the political spectrum as a as a as a whole, and are trying to align themselves um, not necessarily with one political party or one or on one side or the other, but just try to be as um, flexible as possible so that they can. Um, 
so that they're they're in, they're as informed as possible, as opposed to being, you know, two two one way, and as a result, uh, losing a lot of perspective. Um, but yeah, which, it's definitely, definitely definitely a lot of lot of grey involved, definitely. Which is which I I agree with. I feel that you know, it's. I mean, again, I've I personally, and I, I I don't mind talking about my own political allegiances. Is I am more or less leaning just because. I, based on where I grew up, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, without, you know, using the old, the old um, stereotype or whatever, but obviously I'm raised in a family of migrants, even though my mum was born here, my dad was born here, my grandparents on both sides of my family were migrants, and also I've, I, even though I went to university and I'm, I'm doing okay for myself now, job-wise, I have come from, like, growing up in a council estate, and you know that kind of kind of thing. A lot of you know, I've had a lot of shit going on in my life, but I've I've always needed support. I've always needed like social workers to send me over throughout my life. So I'm always going to vote anything that benefits those sort of people because that's the people I care about because they've either helped me in life or or you know they've been there as support. And I've 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 had to use services and stuff like that, which you know, for example, are, are kind of being crippled at this moment in time. However, it doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with everything left and let's talk about like the last election we had with Jeremy Corbyn as much as I liked some of the things he said I wasn't really feeling the whole we're going to take back all the trains I mean I understand that a lot of countries in the world do have train operators that are kind of run by the government this and the other but surely by taking them back when there's legal agreements inside for those sort of providers to provide services for those routes means you're going to pay a lot of money out to you know end the service so that we then own the servers and then you've then got to pay those people back. So it would make more sense if, for example, at the end of a contract, you just don't mm. renew it and you take the contract yourself. That's that that's a way of like saving money. But to kind of like the way it was sounding, and obviously I have to admit that sometimes when you um, for example, read newspapers or or look at the news, when they talk about things of change, they tend to look at it in the most extreme way. So for example, when they were costing the things that Jeremy Corbyn was saying. They were costing like it was all going to happen the first day he's in power, which we all mm. know things take years, and also things have to be voted for in government. So again, the chances are if he's if he's the whole like guess again go back to take back public transport, that wasn't voted for in 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 uh, the House of Commons. It would never happen. It's the idea that he wants to do it, but it would never possibly happen. It's like that's, that's another thing as well. Sometimes when you vote in you've got to realise that not everything you vote for is going to necessarily happen because it depends on a, a vote by these MPs, you know what I mean? And the House mm. of Lords and then the other parts of government kind of thing. Mm. So, does that mean I would say I am, so, I, don't, I went a bit off topic, but yeah, I would say I'm slightly left-leaning, but there are certain things I am I am fundamentally against and there are certain things that I, so, for example, so this is going to just be a lot of a long-winded conversation about my ideologies. For example, I don't necessarily like how the left want to super tax the rich because they have more money. I, I get people need to contribute more if they have a bit more. But what I would be more concerned with would be getting rid of all the loopholes that allow people to make billions and pay absolutely nothing. Instead of, you know, people that are actually paying tax but just earn a lot of money getting kind of, you know, bent over a barrel just because they're successful. And I understand sometimes that success isn't really earned because sometimes it's hereditary, like they've inherited loads of money or a business, this, that, and the other. But again, if if my father worked hard and left me something, I don't mind some of it getting to pay by tax, but I don't understand why 40% of it necessarily needs to get taken by tax. And then that's why we have these loopholes 
where people take them to, to avoid paying any form of tax. I would, I would rather, in theory, and this is just like my personal ideology belief is, if I was, if I was, if I was the government, for example, I probably would reduce the higher rate of forty percent to say thirty-five percent, but make it mandatory to everyone that earns a certain salary, and that if you have a business that operates in the UK, you have to pay tax. None of this like, oh, my business is registered to Monaco, so I don't pay no tax. Or I'm Amazon, I'm going to base myself in Dublin, so I pay a lower rate of corporation tax, so I don't have to pay it in the UK, even though I make a billion dollar, a billion pounds worth of trade in the UK every year kind of thing. That's what I would do. I don't necessarily believe in necessarily like taxing rich individuals. I just make it harder for those rich people to avoid paying tax. If you make it impossible to avoid paying it, then you're going to get the money back, not necessarily like punishing people because they're successful. That's, that's like a thing again, that a lot of people on the left want like, yeah, this guy's getting 2 million a year. Let's tech. We want to get 50% of all his money. I I mean, 50% of what he makes per annum over a certain thing. I don't necessarily agree with that. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the time, though, a lot of the time, and whether that be left or right, um, the right side of the spectrum, the, the, you know, any policy that is uh, that is popular, it's it, you know, a, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the time, emotion comes into it as well. So if if, for example, uh, politician A believes that uh, policy a policy is going to be very popular, um, and it, it will attract a lot of attention, and it will it will bring in votes, then if it works, it works. If it, you know, if it sells, you know, it, a lot of a lot of politics is all about it's about sales. You know, if you've got a product that's you know very attractive and very very popular, um, you know, it plays on the emotions of uh, of 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 the populace. So, um, but behind the but behind that all of that, that policy might not be workable. It might take a long time to to enact, um, and it might do more damage than than you know, it might do more damage than intended. So. A lot of the time, whether I think a lot, I think sometimes, um, I think most of the time, politicians have good intentions. But a lot of the time, those that are a bit more sneaky will try and put out policies that are maybe unworkable or unrealistic, just to get just to get people to to, to take notice and to to follow them. Um, and it's unfortunate because if, for example, they do get into power, they then have to work out how they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna how they're going to do this? Uh, for example, Trump and the wall in in the states. That wall is yeah. costing. You know, it's a classic example. He had to uh, appeal to his to much of his base. He wanted he were you know against uh, against illegal immigration. And so he said, okay, simple solution: I'll build a wall. Um, not realizing, or maybe at the time, maybe not realizing how much that wall would cost. And now it's it's you know it's it's well into the into the well, it's, it's millions. I don't know about billions, but it's it's in the millions. I would assume probably billions because if you think about it, yeah. the amount of material you're going to need to order, the cost of labor, the, yeah. the security as well, that you're going to need guarding that wall, it probably would cost like billions just to put yeah. a wall. And also, remember, it's a big border like between Mexico and, and uh, America. It's quite a big land mask as well. You're probably mm. going to have to have in the middle as well. You're going to have to have armed guards. Yeah, it's... It, it's it's a bit of a nightmare. Understandably, like if you like, how can I say this? America is funny to me because obviously it's its own independent country, which was you know a country built on stealing land off Native Americans and so forth. And obviously, like Mexicans, if you want to be 
keep it 100, they are the indigenous people of the land, especially like the southern parts of America, as well as their own lands. Because, you know, like, so if you look at the names, and they're all in Spanish, and I understand Spanish wasn't the Mexican's initial language, it was, they had their own language, but again, parts of America are still named after tribes and people that used to own the land. So it's kind of ironic that you want to, like, put borders and, and stuff in. But I understand that once you become a country, you should have a border, isn't it? Because what you wouldn't want is, like, what happened with Ukraine, for example, when they... Uh, was it Ukraine that took a part of another country a couple of years ago? Or they got a part of their country taken by Russia or, or something like that? You don't want those sort of situations. So that's why you kind of do need a border. Unfortunately, it's very expensive. But what talking about that is Donald Trump said that Mexico was going to pay for it. And I don't think Mexico's put one dime into the wall, have they? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Um, but yeah, that's just the, yeah. For, but didn't do. Yeah, but that's just an example of that's like an extreme example of how you know sometimes um, popular policies um, aren't always. Uh, they're more they're more harmful than good from a cost perspective or from a from a from logistics perspective. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot of the time um, you know, policies are put out there uh, with that much thought into uh, how it's going to work. It's more about getting attention, getting votes, and then dealing with the issue later on down the line. So um, grabbing headlines as well. Grabbing headlines, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, if your if your if your name if you're I don't know, I'm guessing if you're running. And your party or your name is in the most circulated newspapers in the world or in the country, for example, that you're you're trying to you know get power of, and surely that's gonna you know that's gonna lead to more people voting for you. And that's what I was gonna actually go into it is um, do you think you know because we talked about um, the growth of the right in the Western world, which is like you know Europe, America, and so forth. Mm. Do you think mainstream media in these countries has its part to play in this change? Hundred percent, definitely. Um, I'd say, I'd say the media is a massive part of the uh, of the the changes we're seeing. Um, in my like, from my perspective, and I'm just speaking for myself. I, I've not carried out any uh, studies, any peer reviewed scientific surveys or studies into this, but just based on my on my eye test, my eye and ear test, um, it would appear that. Um, the majority of the media, mainstream media, is more left-leaning as opposed to right-leaning. Um, I would I would say the opposite because the, the two most circulated newspapers, well, tabloids, I wouldn't say they're actual proper newspapers, the two most circulated newspapers in this country I still think are the Daily Mail and The Sun and they're both right-leaning newspapers. And then yeah. if you're talking about actual other forms of mainstream media, then now I'd say Sky News, which is owned by Robert, uh, what's his name, Rupert Murdoch, who is a right-leaning person, are more right-leaning. I mean, I would say there are, don't get me wrong, there are as many newspapers that vote left, that are left as right, but I wouldn't say one is more than the other. I would say if you're talking about numbers, well, the, the newspapers that are circulated the most in this country are all uh, right-leaning, billionaire-backed newspapers. Even like the Metro, for example, which is owned by... Can't remember who the hell owns it, but he's—I know—he's a right-winged billionaire. Same with the Independent, even though it's meant to be independent. Nothing really in it is actually that independent. So the thing is, like, this is what I'd say. I'd say that it's—it's all—it's all all subject matter. So, for example, I find that, for example, you're more likely when when Jeremy Corbyn was trying to get into to power, there was more 
articles written negatively about him and his past, this, that, and the other, than ever about Boris Johnson and stuff like that. And Boris Johnson has been caught saying racist, Islamic phobic, homophobic, and various other things. Jeremy Corbyn did try to try to help end the Northern Ireland, you know, the stuff that's been going on in Northern Ireland, which never really will get settled because it's quite a touchy thing. And oh. also he tried to bring back some, I think, what did he try to do? I think he tried to bring back or try to help in terms of getting back some hostages in the Middle East. And also he got arrested. The only criminal uh, conviction he has in his, um, I think on his uh, record is like protesting against apartheid. So, you know, I'm not saying he's an angel, but he might have skeletons in his closet, this, that, and the other. But from what I've seen with of media, uh, not so much social media, but like mainstream media, when they talked about Jeremy Corbyn, for example, they, they did say some harsh things about the guy. And yet Boris Johnson kind of got an easier ride. The only thing he really ever gets like brought up is the fact that he gave some woman that now works for him, who was like his mistress, £164,000 when he was the mayor of London or something, or £64,000. I might have added 100000 in for no reason, but I think £64,000. And there's no reason why he gave it to her. And it's from public funds. And he has never really given an explanation and never has has had to no one's actually stopped him he's still in power hasn't been impeached I mean we don't do impeachments here really but I mm. happened to him. so I mean I, I, I get that that's your opinion but I would I would say probably not I would say probably there are there is enough uh, there's enough media on both sides that support both sides of the coin but I would say in terms of the most popular popular circulated newspapers they are definitely more right wing leaning than left yeah I mean it, it, I think I think I think uh, we'll have a diff- different sort of perspective. So that's just based on our own observation. So, more, you know, it may, it may, it may, we may differ on that in terms of uh, what we've, what we've experienced personally, what we've seen and heard. Uh, I mean, I was thinking more, more of like broadcast media. So, oh well, I think with broadcast because you have to apply to everyone. If someone has been seen offending a group or subgroup of culture, they kind of have to like be on the side that doesn't seem so. So, for example, um, because we're in, you know, over the last sort of 10 years, there's been a, a growth in like, for example, um, you know, showing, promoting diversity, whether that comes to like showing people that represent like the LGBT. It's the LGBTQ community, or for example, more ethnically diverse groups, or for example, people from like religious groups, like for example, Muslims, Sikhs, and so forth, need to be more represented. And surely, if you're like, for example, the BBC, which effectively is kind of all owned by us, but not really owned by any of us, they have to try and be as unbiased as, as they can, whether they do it or not, sometimes because you know they never really talk about what's going on in. in uh, to the Palestinians in Israel, that rarely comes up unless there's like a proper battle back and forth. But when you talk about like, for example, they never bring up the stories like when a woman's carrying her nine month old child and they bo- and she gets shot in the back of her head while she's walking to a shop just because she's a Palestinian walking around to the shop. They never bring that kind of stuff up, the BBC, but then they, they will try and see themselves as neutral in other aspects. Mm. But you, you, I, I do feel that, yeah, sometimes with like, Broadcast media is a bit different because I think what might be perceived as left might be just them trying to not offend anyone kind of thing, you know, because everyone is a lot more vocal now. Everyone goes on Twitter or whatever to to complain. And also because now we're at the age of like representation, I, I would say they kind of 
try and show every possible niche or different kind of person without sounding offensive to any group or subgroup that I've mentioned. But I mean, like, you know, they, they try their best to try and be more diverse in, in every aspect. Yeah, um, I, I, I do. I do see your point. Um, I mean, I mean, just. Ba- I mean, just in 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 my view, it seems like uh, it seems like the BBC are more left leading than than right. But that's just that's just my um, my observation. But I think I guess it all comes down to as well what sort of media, what sort of how how we segment the mainstream media as well, whether it be news, newspapers or or broadcast media. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what you know. What, what people think but for just based on my just as I said my what, what I've seen it seems like it's more um more more left-leaning in the, for the simple fact that you know if for example someone is if you have someone that's prominent that is for example um against illegal immigration or um you know say you know, let's use that for as an example um rather than the media trying to gather or trying to appear neutral, it would. It seems like they, they they go out of their way to to sort of lambast that that person or that political party or you know whatever it is, as opposed to just being a being neutral and just trying to get views from both sides and trying to give you know inform the public um, in a way that's that's fair. Uh, which so which, which I, I I actually agree completely with you because I feel, regardless of what I said about the newspapers and stuff like that, now I still feel because all forms of media that we, we kind of digest or we get, whether it's like TV or how we get that information to us, they all owned by someone or some or group or consortium of people. And those people tend to lean one way or the other. And that was actually going to lead to my question is that, do you think newspapers should be non-biased? So for example, do you feel that like there should, I mean, I understand it's like censoring freedom of speech and stuff like that, but do you not feel that newspapers when it comes to polit, put like, politics especially which you know like that can cause like you know you know that that runs the country or, or whatnot or, or runs the community or, or whatnot do you feel that they should be just non-biased as in just say the facts as it is and report everything as they report it so in terms of even if there's for example there's a person that's particularly against immigration at least finding out the reasons why instead of just like using because i and I've, I've don't get me wrong i've read articles which have been not favourable to people on the right, and as well as I've read articles that are not favourable to people on the left. And I feel that sometimes the writers or the reporter use language which isn't really, like, objective. It's subjective. Mm. And it's like, you know, and when you're reading that, it kind of, you know, like, for example, in the in in sense that, say you have a friend of yours who's a really good friend of yours, and they tell you about another person that they don't like because of something that's happened. I'm not saying that you're always going to, dislike that's that third person but the chances are you're going to have some sort of opinion on them before you've met them and it's kind mm. of like you've, you're then going to have a barrier against that person before you've even really heard their side of the, the, of the story or, oh, yeah, or yeah. Met them, got to know them sort of thing. and that's what I feel sometimes with, with newspapers but the problem with newspapers as a whole is all newspapers are owned by someone or other they're, they're not like completely independent things they are owned by someone who has an object, who has a agenda whether it is they, they, they think you know they have their own ideology of the world or, or, or life, and they want their paper to represent them externally. Even though it shouldn't, it kind of it, it's like I feel news. I, I can only use newspapers as an example because I know that they are a lot of them are owned by private people. Is like oh. they they're meant to report news 
as much with as much facts as they can, but really they just communicate opinions and thoughts on things, not actual what the things are. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. And uh, yeah, I think in answer to your in answer to your central question, um, newspapers should remain should remain neutral because I don't believe that I don't believe that people fully appreciate the power and influence of the media, uh, especially the mainstream media. Um, so for that, I mean, for that reason alone, newspapers should be uh, so me- mainstream media should be neutral because. Um, if they lean more towards one side or the other, uh, the danger is that you 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 misinform or disinform people, and you can sway, and you can easily sway public opinion, depending depending on an agenda. So, for example, and that's yeah, and, and that's why um, that's the problem. That's the problem with. Um, there's a problem with mainstream media to certain to a certain extent because you have owners of that of said media. So if they want to steer reporting a certain way, they can actually do that. They've got the they've got the power to do that. So it's important for me that you know uh, media mainstream media is neutral because again, um, it's so easy to to kind of sway people a certain way. Um, the media's job the media's job. It's just to, it's just to report the news, report report events, and report the facts. That's that's really it. Um, and then leave it up to the people to make up their own mind as to how they want to perceive things. But yeah, there's uh, it's a bit of a frightening trend of uh, certain whether that be left or right uh, leaning media, you know, pushing their agenda without without report without, without just reporting the facts, which is what their their job is. Um, and um, I'm, I'm sure there are many examples of journalists who have come out and said that and have said, you know, I left this paper because of that or I left that TV channel because of that because they were too biased or whatever the case might be. Yeah, and you've got uh, editors rewriting your work or, for example, you get in producers, if it's, if it's like a, a media-based source where they're, they're interfering with what you're about to say or what you've got to do. I, I completely yeah. understand that. And uh, even as much as I personally don't like the guy, uh, Tommy Robinson, he did his documentary, which mm. kind of showed that there was like I can't remember who the who the journalist was, but the journalist was wanting Tommy, like someone that used to work under Tommy Robinson, used to be part of one of his. Uh, he called it a political organization, I call it a bunch of thugs. But anyway, a woman that was connected with him, this journalist was trying to coerce her into saying that he's done more or done worse of things that she yeah. may not be do kind of thing, and it's yeah. kind of like I personally don't like Tommy Robinson. It's, it shows you that even someone who's disliked, the journalist will like use that opportunity. Because, you know, like when someone's enemy number one, or not enemy number one, but when someone is disliked by a, lot of, a, a large group uh, of people who might be your core audience, to, that you even want to like put more dirt on that person that might not even be true, just so that, you know, you know, like, oh, because it's like, you know, it's like sensationalizing because maybe he's a name that might get readers to look at your article kind of thing. Mm. You're going to out more dirt on someone who even though he has done things that's illegal he's gone to prison he's, he's done various other things so I'm not saying anything that's going to get me sued by him um, that again that someone was trying to you know stoke the fire and put more on someone which and that, and that, and that I think would be like I'm going to guess it's a more left leaning um, journalist because again Tommy Robinson is definitely a right wing person isn't he mm. so 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And again, I can imagine that a lot of people who go into media to actually just, you know, report news and tell the news in, in a, a compelling but interesting but factual way, they must get annoyed with having to, you know, align themselves one way or another. But then saying that, as you were saying, because you said you through when you were kind of looking at how you look at media and I was saying how I look at media, we both feel that things are leaned one way or another. Do you feel that people find information that supports their ideology, politically and non-politically? I mean, like, if I think, I don't know, if I think the world is flat, not that I, not that I think the world's flat, I think it is round, or it's a oval kind of shape, it's not really a, a circle, but anyway, let's not go into that. <laughs> if I'm a flat earther, I'm going to read stuff that, that kind of proves, and I say proves in quotes, in, in um, speech, uh, speech uh, marks, proves what I believe. So again, if you have, I don't know, I'm not trying to say that everyone that wrote on the right side of things is a xenophobe or racist, but let's just say you are a xenophobe or a racist. Um, and you hear like statistics about like, oh, one in five immigrants do this, that and the other. You're going to read those sort of articles from those sort of like papers or you're going to watch those sort of medias or you're going to follow people like Ben Shapiro, if that's his name, or those other sort of more right leaning wings. Or, or if you're in America, I'm guessing your equivalent is like Tammy Lauren. You know, her name now works for Fox. Yeah, you know, you're going to you're going to follow those people because you're going to be listening to what they say because you already have that kind of inkling that, yeah, I I. I I believe in them things. I'm going to read it. Don't you think that that's also part of the problem as well? Maybe that it's not necessarily... I mean, the newspapers, as we just said, should be non-biased. But do you think maybe because they are biased, they're, they're, they, what do you call it? they are serving an audience that wants it? Um, that's an, inter- it's an interesting question. I think, um, I think as human beings, we do tend to... Um, a lot of us will tend to flock to information that supports our internal opinion, understanding. understanding. Yeah, that does happen. Um, but I think for a lot of people, um, a lot of people will look at, will try and get, try and get both sides of the story and will um, make up their own minds uh, based on that. But yeah, I think, I think the, I think a fair amount of people will, um, you know, unconsciously in many ways, um, without even knowing they're doing it, flock towards information that supports their their beliefs. Um, as far as how the media reports based on their on their on their on their base, yep, they will they will they 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 will be tempted to um, lean more towards what they feel their listeners want or their readers want, as opposed to just reporting the facts and letting letting people just decide for themselves. So that's again, why it's important that, you know, media, whether you're right or left, you know, I don't know if this would be possible, but the hope is that they will then try to get away from their partisan reporting and just come become more centralized and just, you know, report, report the facts as they are. Um, yeah, I think, um, the more honest, the more honest the media is, the more honest people are in general. I think the better it is, um, the more we can sort of uh, sort of come together and um, uh, and and have a more of a common ground as opposed to being in camps, whether that be politically or religiously or you know depending on the what's that? 
Yeah, whatever. It's like, for example, you also, another point I was going to raise is you also will find that regardless if you, for example, are left, right, or central, you, you have, everyone has things that are common for all of us. And there's, mm. and there's you probably, if you actually, instead of like focusing on what your what separates them and just, you know, tell it as it is, the fact kind of thing, you probably find that more people will, will be more like-minded, if that makes sense. I don't mean, for example, people that are extremely right or extremely left, because again, they're, extre- they're extremities, aren't they? They're always going to be one way or the other kind of thing. Mm. But you find that people that are like central, left, center, right, center, left, center, uh, and people that are just central, that they probably do want 90% of the core things, it's just they disagree on a few little yeah. If the media was more honest, then probably, I'm not saying that we all vote based on what we read, but it does have some level of influence because, again, if you read certain stories from a certain outlet which is always negative about one side of the coin, you're going to vote the opposite way of, of what the story is going to tell you, or you're going to at least be influenced to vote. You might still think, nah, do you know what? I'm still going to vote the other way. But chances mm. are, most people like, I'm not being funny, when those people like the Sun were predominantly favorable of Labour, Labour had 11 years of dominance in the, in the place. I mean, Tony Blair won three elections back to back. And then, for example, when people like the Sun became more in line with the Conservatives, I'm not saying they are the, the key things, but I'm saying, look, that newspaper to sort of change its leaning. And since they've changed its leaning, we've had another type of, we've had, a, we've had the opposite party. And I'm not saying that, like, because specifically the Sun, but I'm just saying generally, probably, like, it does affect, because the Sun at one stage was the, most popular, um, I think it was the most circulated tabloid at, at, at the time, and mm. it affected a lot of people's votes. I'm not saying it changed it completely, but I'm saying probably 10% might have voted a different way, depending on what the Sun said, because that's the newspaper they're reading, that's the information. And to the point where I know people that, for example, read the Sun religiously, that if they look at something that's slightly more left leaning, like, like the, the mirror, you know. Mm. Is a left leading a newspaper, and I would not, I'm not going to deny it. It is definitely a left leading thing. Like my uncle, for example, who votes conservative, he was like, Oh, I can't work, I can't read that crap. It's all, all promoting Jeremy Corbyn, this, that, and the other. And I'm not saying that maybe it isn't, but your opinion on Jeremy Corbyn is because you wrote, you read a newspaper that just cusses him every day, kind of thing. So when you mm-hmm. read something that doesn't cuss him, or articles that are talking positively of him, or talking negatively of the leader of the party you vote for, you're, 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 you're immediately trashing it. But again, it's back to your point of if it was impartial, then it wouldn't necessarily be an issue. But then again, they probably would sell less newspapers, I'm guessing. Yeah. That, if it's all that, the same thing, like, I'd buy one newspaper and that's it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, ultimately, they are businesses, right? So they have to, they have to be able to um, appease their customers in many ways. So they will, a lot of the time, um, Profits and the bottom line will be put will be put ahead of, um, you know, journalist, journalistic integrity. Um, but unfortunately, I can't really blame the individual journalists that are involved. It's more it's more of a leadership issue. It's more of a top down thing where. There's yeah, an agenda. and again, it's if the editor is of a certain way, then the stories mm-hmm. will come out that way. Or even if it goes higher up, that like the owner of said newspaper publication or even said TV network is of a certain way or, you know, feel that they're going to gain something more from one party being in power than the other party, mm. then of course, yeah, it's, it's all a factor. And that, and sometimes journalists get gets kind of like the victim becomes, not the victim, no, they're almost the victim. I'm not saying there's necessarily a victim because they still write the words, this and the other, and they choose the profession they're in, and they choose to work for the companies they work for. But 
I do sometimes that we like sometimes we may go hard on a journalist, but really the journalist is just doing stuff that's going to get into the paper because they want to protect their job and they're trying to please their editor or their owners of their of their newspaper. Exactly. So, to to conclude this interview or this you know this part this uh, episode anyway, um, just for one final question, I just want to know what you think. What do you think when you think of the right? What kind of things come into your head when you think about the right side of politics? Uh, what I think of the right, um, Republican, um, Republicanism, if that's even a word, conservatism. Um, yeah, just, um, so that's actually, that's actually an interesting question. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say, yeah, so obviously the, the, the main the main parties, the, the Conservatives, Republicans. Um, what, I mean, what I mean is, what do you, when I say what do you think of the right, I understand that the, the part, but what I mean is, what do you think of, for example, the sort of mindset of people that vote that way, oh, or what kind okay. of like, what kind of like policies you always will associate with the right because it's never really going to appear on the left side of things? Um... Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it tends to be uh, more um, yeah, so it tends to be sort of obviously against more social uh, socialist policies, so staunchly against socialism um, more, maybe more nat- maybe more about nationalism um, uh, potentially more yeah, yeah uh, uh, and 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 more maybe potentially big uh, so less less government so trying to uh, maybe more private maybe more privatization as opposed to increasing the size of government and increasing um, costs increasing well yeah yeah so yeah so you know it could be um, a more more leaning towards towards private privatization and um, and, and and big business as opposed to uh, a more a more socialist agenda. Um, yeah, it's 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 yeah. I mean, immigration. They'll, they'll be more strict on immigration. Trying to clamp down on illegal immigration, I have to say. Um, you will. The, the right side of things may well be more. Um, you know, for the individual politicians, it could be uh, more privately, more privately educated, potentially. For you know, um, um, more more elitist, maybe as well. But a lot of these, a lot of these are more. A lot of these are, you know, putting them in a box. Not necessarily, they're not necessarily true across the board. But those are the first sort of things that come to mind when I think. Well, I, I would, I would say that, for example, you do have politicians on sort of all parties that are privately educated. And true. Yeah, yeah. Background. And Absolutely. even, for example, former Labour, former Labour leader and Prime Minister Tony Blair is the mm-hmm. son of a Conservative member. His yeah. dad was a member of the Conservative Party, not a politician, but I think he was a contributing member, which means he generally has money because you have to have money to contribute. And I think he comes from a relatively decent, I think he went to like decent private schools and all that kind of stuff all his life. So yeah, I think I think it it, it the elitist thing is something that gets even brought up sort of now. And again, I guess when you look at like the people that are empowered the Conservative Party, like Boris Johnson and a lot of people in the cabinet, yeah, some of those guys went to private schools some of those people did also go to, to normal public schools, so I can't really justify... Yeah, I, I tell you, just, I agree with your point that literally in all parties there were people that went private school and people that didn't. 
It's just mm. more kind of the ideology and like business, like capitalism versus socialism, social, um, what do you call it? Like social exploits, which is, for example, like social workers, nurses, healthcare, blah, 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 versus, mm. you know, making a strong economy, big business, making like people want to come here and bring their businesses here, which again helps the people getting jobs, more people that have jobs, the less people that have benefits is supposedly the theory, but doesn't always work like that. But yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, um, anything else you wanted to say about, you know, what your thoughts are, the right or right-wing politics as a whole? Um, as a whole, um, not really. I think, I think those are sort of the, the key, the, the key, the key things that come to mind, really. And again, I mean, as you quite rightly said, a lot of it might just be, um, casting a wide, casting a bit of a brush. Um, but yeah, those are sort of the things that come to mind. Um, no, this, not necessarily that the, the right is bad in any way, but uh, there are certain characteristics, I suppose you could say, that that, that come to mind. Um, I think with the right as well, tend to be more um, tend to be more tra- traditional family. I think uh, in many ways. So, um, you know, husband, wife, um, you know, kids. married, kids. Yeah, just a typical. Uh, and again, that could that that does go across to the left as well. But I think. The difference with the right is that it's it tends to be, and again, this is more of a um, this may be this may come across as a um, generalization. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. This may be a generalization, <laughs> but um, I couldn't think of the word. Um, but but for the most part, um, you know, that they tend to they tend to you know they tend to be more about core family values and tradition. The traditional family they tend to be tend to sort of. Um, uh, promote that, promote that, actively promote it, as opposed to just sort of live it naturally. If that makes sense, we tend to really sort of um, uh, stand stand on that and have that as a core part of their um, core part of their being. So, um, so yeah, those, those are the things that I sort of come sort of come to mind when it comes to to the more more right leaning um, side of things. Um, again, not 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 bad or good. It's just uh, my observation, I, I suppose you could say. Um, which is yeah, I'm happy for your opinion don't worry I'm not going to you know hunt you down and bring you to a court of law to say these things I'm just saying <laughs> your sort of thoughts because for the most part they are um, sort of the same ideas as me obviously if you go more extreme right then you're looking at maybe more nationalist slash racist slash sort of xenophobia because it's, again if you don't really like immigrants already mm. they might have a more extreme view thinking that they're bad and and want to like misalign problems to them, and also, for example, um, people on the right are, are also the sort of people not not always people on the right, but some people that vote towards the right will say things like, "Oh, if you can't afford to have kids, don't have them," and that kind of thing. Because again, they generally come from um, families which are together, the parents, you know, same mum, same dad kind of household. Not all, but you know, most probably do, and probably don't understand. And that's the thing I think. I think with both sides. Of, of the political spectrum is that probably the reason why they vote the way they do is through their experiences and you can't give someone experience that hasn't got the experience, does that make sense? So for example, if you're someone that comes from a bit of a broken home, I'm not saying that everyone that votes from the left is from a broken home, but let's say you do and you do vote left, the core family uh, values that like a, a right-sided party may not identify with you because you don't, you've never really experienced that. You might have wanted that growing up or whatever, because you haven't really experienced it, 
it's not like one of the first things you go to, whereas if someone goes like go, grow is growing up in that sort of scenario where they have both parents and they have the traditional household and they own their own house, this don't have some people might say privilege. I, I don't necessarily like using this word. I think privilege does work in, in some instances, but I think this is like just your parents stayed together and they got married and they did things the way people used to do it once upon a time, which doesn't really doesn't always exist now, but it still does in some families. So yeah, mm. it's like you can't make either side experience what the other side experiences really. And experience, I think, is a lot to building your ideology on the world, sort of thing, your thoughts, your process. It's based on what you've gone through. You know, mm. we are the adults today based on the based on our childhood and how we've grown from child to adult. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I, I definitely, um, definitely see your point there. Uh, it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more um, nuanced, complicated than we might we might think. Um, but as you said, yeah, we're, we're we're crafted by our experiences, crafted by our childhoods, crafted by uh, by our opinions in many ways. So yeah, ultimately we are just uh, we are just human beings. So um, yeah, we, well, these uh, these things will be formed formed um, in in certain ways. So it's the it's, it's the way that um, it's the way things are. Um, I suppose you could say so. Yeah, it's an it's definitely an interesting thing though. I think um, I think because I've taken part of this podcast, I've definitely it's definitely given me food for thought as far as uh, where I where I'm at personally politically and. Um, which is not I'm not really fully involved politically I, I don't really tend to vote really I'm not, I'm sort of I sort of stand back and watch watch things unfold but if I was to say I was if I was to say I was political it would be more of a centrist uh, more of a more of a more in the centre as opposed to uh, right or left or you know aligning one way or the other which is which is which is fine and then the thing is a lot of people don't I think that sometimes the problems with like uh, people have with Different political groups or people that you know, actual voters and the, and the uh, which was the animosity they have towards each other is purely because they never really talk about it. They just sort of vote their way and kind of associate themselves with people that vote their way, or you know, because it's like the thing you don't talk about politics in America. It's worse. Like people really don't talk about who they vote for. And I've even watched a documentary about like feminism and like how feminism shapes the way people vote. And for example, there were some people that are like they class themselves as conservatives. Which you'd oh. assume means they voted uh, Republican, but they refused to say who they voted for. So they said it's 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 their right not to discuss who they vote for. But they oh, said like yeah. that's it was their reason against the feminist movement, saying that it really is for liberals and it kind of disregards anyone that has a more conservative leaning that we're not allowed to be feminist, and that's how they feel. Anyway, that's off topic, and I think that is sort of the end of the 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 episode because we are now moving on to other subjects and so forth. But Chidozi, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, next episode, we're going to talk about the left. Okay. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Well, I look forward to speaking to you next time, mate. And take care. Speak soon. Absolutely. You too. Thanks thanks again. And uh, yeah, speak to you next time. Thank you guys for listening to me and Chidozi talk about right-wing politics. No matter who you vote for or what political ideology you subscribe yourself to, As long as you're making the best decision for yourself and for your loved ones and hopefully for the generations that precede you or precede you, I always forget which one's which, but yeah, as long as you're making the right decisions and you think in your heart of hearts you are making the right choice, not voting just because you don't like the personality trait of one leader over another, then fine, as long as you're that, if you can go to bed with a good conscience that you made the decision that you felt was right for you, 
by all means. I mean, with this episode, again, as, as stated in that conversation with me and she I vote one way. Doesn't necessarily mean I hate every single person that votes another way. We can all vote differently, but as long as we can, you know, have that kind of conversation of why maybe you think one person's right and one person's wrong, or, or one side of the argument is right, one side of the argument is wrong. End of the day, it doesn't necessarily even need to be an argument, just, just be a discussion on sort of, you know, laws, government, and the future of the people of our nations. So anyway, thank you guys for listening to Mark versus the World. I hope to see you guys next next episode where we talk about the left side of politics. Take care and have a great time. Bye.